Welcome to another episode of the Phoenix Rising podcast. I am your host, Lisa Hillier. Today, I have Sam Altieri on the show with me. Sam is an inspiring and passionate top charted podcaster, empowerment coach, author, and feminine business mentor for aspiring and new entrepreneurs. She used to be extremely disconnected from her body, her intuition, and struggled with her identity, self-conscious, an eating disorder, and an awful body image for the first three decades of her life. It wasn't until she reconnected to her spirituality and started using embodiment practices like dance, breathwork, and visualization that she was able to break free of her low self-worth and limitations and find out what it means to be abundant and liberated. Now Sam has created a multiple six figures business, a multiple six figure business in less than two years, purely through social media by inspiring ambitious women to say, fuck the rules and create their own. Her philosophy is that our secret sauce for a life full of happiness and abundance comes when we own and show who we truly are when no one's watching. Hmm. Can't wait to dive into this episode. Welcome, Sam. We're going to start with your story that has brought you to the work that you are doing and birthing on the planet. And I love the dark nights, the souls, the the moments when the goddess brings us to our knees and those little stepping stones that are like, yeah, this is where you need to go, love. So yeah. Welcome, Sam. Can't wait to dive in. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk. When you sent over the questions, I was like, this is going to be juicy. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to share my story. So, um, yeah, what has led me to the work that I do today is a, like, I would say a very long battle with myself and my body. Um, Mm. and you know, like, we could literally turn just this one question into entire podcast, but for the sake of time, I'll do like the accelerated version. Mm -hmm. Um, but if we go back in time, like uh, I was a competitive dancer. I was a dancer since I was really young. Um, and I love to dance. I love to move my body. I was always like playing and I was acting, I was dancing, I was singing, I was doing all the things. Um, but like being on stage, and being next to all of these other girls, um, I like didn't have the archetype of the ballerina, you know? Um, I wasn't this tall, super skinny, blonde, blue, like I wasn't that girl. Um, and I'm petite, like I'm five one, you know, and and I was small. Like if I look back on photos, I'm like, I was, I was not fat. Let's just be real. I was not fat, but I had such a um, misconception about what I actually looked like. And I was, I just felt so alone in my journey. Um, And I had such low self-esteem. And so I, and I just didn't think I was beautiful. Like that was the main thing is I didn't see myself. Um, And I never got complimented on my appearance. I got only complimented on my accomplishments and how talented and how mature I was and how like I was this old soul and, and all those things. And so I basically made it mean that like, I wasn't beautiful. 
Um, so that was like, you know, elementary school, middle school. I grew up with a mom who, um, you know, she struggled with her weight and her body. And I always saw her trying to find another thing to fix her body. Um, and so I just had that as a mirror for me. And, um, and it wasn't until I got into high school and then even after, even into college where I started to gain a good amount of weight, um, from not doing all the sports I was doing and realizing that like, wow, the body I had before was great. Like, fuck, I know I should have appreciated it then. And, um, and just how warped my perception was. Um, so I ended up going on a weight loss journey, which, basically turned into my dark night of the soul, which turned into my spiritual awakening, which turned into my business awakening, um, which led me down this path of um, thinking that I needed to lose weight to be happy. um, When in reality, like I actually needed to unpack a fuck ton of my trauma and realize that my emotional needs weren't met as a kid and that I was, um, I had some sexual trauma and there was so many things that didn't make it feel safe to be myself or feel safe to be in my body. And, um, yeah, so, you know, (laughs) through that whole journey, realizing like the, the deepest work is actually you know, it's pretty uncomfortable. Um, and so I've been on that journey until this day and, you know, I like healing is a forever thing. Right. But, um, I'm now at the point where me and my body are friends and I love her and take care of her and I'm not trying to fix her and I'm just looking out for her. And, um, and that all started not with the body, but actually with the emotional root, um, and with the mind and what I told myself. And so that's led me to the place where I'm at now, which is this really interesting intersection between business and healing for women who struggle to be seen. Um, women who know that they have a mission, they have this fire inside of them, but they're scared right? They're scared to be judged. They're scared to not fit in. They're scared to be abandoned and rejected. And, um, they're just scared. And I am really like the, the person that helps this woman heal that, heal the body image stuff, heal the shame, heal any, like heal all of that so that they can step into their purpose and actually allow their gifts to, to shine. Um, so that's been my journey is like going through all this shit of not feeling good enough, um, hating my body, giving myself an eating disorder, um, having extreme body dysmorphia, um, becoming a really strong power lifter, but out of a place of like, I needed to prove myself, um, beating my body into the ground, gut issues, IBS, chronic anxiety, depression, OCD. Like I had all of this stuff that started manifesting. Um, and now getting to the place where that stuff doesn't exist anymore. I'm not living in chronic anxiety and I just never want any woman to feel like she has to either. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I so resonate with kind of you know, our, our mothers mirroring back to us or showing us a pathway of like 
do the cabbage soup diet or these crazy ass exercising regimes, this constant, like look outside the self, look outside the self to heal the body or to get it not to heal the body, to get it to look a certain way. And then I'll be happy when I look this way, then I'll be happy. And it it just never comes when we're following that path. It's so from coming within. And I loved how you spoke about business and, and the work that you do and, you know, business and healing so that these women can step fully into who they are and be seen. Right. And when the inner realms, when we're kind of at an inner war with ourselves or not loving ourselves, it's very difficult to stand fully in our light and be like, this is who the fuck I am. Like love, you know, like I love me. This is, this is me in my magic. And there's the witch wound and the sister wound and all that kind of stuff that come up with it. And so for you, what has been the path, like the the healing journey to fall back in love? with yourself or to fall in love with yourself. And I know there's so many layers to that question, (laughs) but what are kind of the the key moments, steps to like coming back home to the self? Mm. Yeah. So I have goosebumps. (laughs) Um, so let's see. Hmm. I think (laughs) as crazy as it is, one of the biggest healing tools for me, and I'll kind of run through like just a little array of them, but one of the biggest healing tools for me has been, um, dance actually returning to dance, but not from a choreographed place or following somebody else's lead, but actually allowing my body to just move. Like it could look really fucking weird, but, um, it's often like a lot of like movement with my hips. That's been really, really powerful for like healing a lot of like sexual shame. Um, And, you know, I grew up in a Catholic household, so like sex was a sin and like we couldn't do it until we were married. And like there was so much shame around sexuality and like I didn't even lose my virginity until I was like 24 or something. And like Mm -hmm. I I was scared. I was literally scared of being a woman. Um, So I think connecting back to like my innate femininity has been a huge, huge piece of that. Um, I think another thing has been connecting to my inner child and how playful and fun and free and flowy she is. And like, she's just running through the forest, like climbing trees and, and actually like for me, getting into nature has been a really, really powerful healing tool, tool, excuse me, um, to reconnect to nature, which is, which is us, you know, like we are, we are nature. And so really like feeling that like wild woman, just like activate, Um, that's definitely been something else. And lastly, and this is definitely the biggest, the biggest, biggest, biggest one is my fiance, Kurt, Mm. um, my relationship. Um, you know, he, he knows this, but he'll never really know. But like when we started dating about, it's been almost three years. Um, I was still in my eating disorder and, I obviously like, I didn't even know it was an eating disorder then I was so disordered. Um, but I was living in so much fear around my body and shame and fear around food. And he has been the single most impactful thing in my healing journey because he has been such a powerful mirror and truly he loved me before I loved me. 
like his love for me really helped me see that I could love myself. And anytime I thought he was judging me, I realized it was just me judging me because he's been the safest space. He's just like, he's never made a comment about my body other than like, it looks good. Like he's never said anything about, he's never judged how I've eaten, like none of these things. And I was like, whoa, like that's what I was used to growing up is judgment. And for this man to be here and accept me and love me, like it gave me hope. And, and truly like, it's been him the whole fucking time. Like me just getting triggered after triggered after triggered. Like he's judging me. Like he's this, he's this. Meanwhile, it's just me. Um, so he's been a really, like the mirror of him has just been such a healing tool for me. Yeah. I love that. Like it's been me this whole time because relationship is such a mirror triggers freaking judgments. It's all showing us something which can feel like our, our inner child might pipe up or our, our victim within might pop up, pop up and be like, no, it's, it's about them. It's about them. But it, it moves us into a place of empowerment where we're like, actually, no, it's about me. This person is yeah. triggering me. It's showing me something within me. I can do something with that. It's just about the other person. I can't do anything with that. So those triggers are such powerful activations um, that are like a door, you know, they're all little doors into the self and what wants to be healed and looked at and loved. Yeah, truly. And I, I am one that like loves going into the dark side. Like I do love going into the shadow because that's where I feel like that's where all the magic is. Like we got to go there and I'm not afraid to go to the parts of myself that I don't like. And, um, I think that's probably been a huge facilitator in my spiritual growth, my personal development, my business is that I will avoid things for sure, but something I, I don't know, like it's just been, I haven't avoided the hard parts of me. Like I want to know them because I know like it's only going to make me better. Like I want feedback. I always want feedback, even if I don't want to hear it because I know that's just my ego, you know? And I know that like feedback is going to make me better. It's going to make me improve. It's going to help me see. And I just, I so value the like wholeness of a human and like being able to just really let our ego down and um, you know, I still see it pop up obviously, but like, I, I really, I really, really do appreciate feedback. And Kurt is definitely one to give it to me. He's a Scorpio and he's like, <laughs> he is a Scorpio. <laughs> yeah. He's got that intensity, but like, it's good. It's helpful for me. It, it really makes me stronger and grounds me. And like from somebody that came from such low self-worth and self-esteem and hated myself, it can be very triggering. Cause I'm like, can't you just be nice? But I'm like, he's not being mean. I just take it personally. So it's like mm. learning how to, to know, like, Sam, you're good enough. Like his comment is his comment. <laughs> um, and yeah. 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 It's how we receive it. And the stories that we make up that go along with it, you know, we create these meanings and stories and it can take us into these places that have nothing to do with the other person. We've just created this whole scenario ourselves. Yeah. So looking at our shadows and our triggers and all of the aspects of us is allows for such a freedom to take place in full acceptance. Like I can be who I 
freaking am. I don't need to hide any of it. And that's loving, you know, for myself, I can be very manipulative. And I'm like, I love that manipulative part of me. You know, she, Mm -hmm. she can be medicine sometimes for sure. Mm -hmm. So how do you go into the dark, dark side into the shadow? Ooh, into the shadow. Um, (laughs) in, (laughs) in a few ways, I mean, I don't think I consciously think like, I'm going to do some shadow work today, but I do. Um, because so, you know, I'm sure I'll talk about this, but like I have ADHD and so I'm a very, very, very visual person. Um, and so I actually like to think of my shadow or all the shadow parts about myself or the parts that I don't like or whatever as like little characters, um, or as, um, big characters. (laughs) And so I, just kind of do this like awareness practice of like noticing like who's speaking you know like Mm. is it the like greedy version of me is it the manipulative version is it the controlling dominating one um or is it the one that's leading with love and service and like all that stuff and so I think I have I think this like level of self-awareness of knowing like all the voices in our head and all the little, all the little people sitting at the table in our head and how we have so many, we have all the parts, everyone has all the parts and there's no shame in the parts, but just knowing like who's talking and then choosing to be like, Oh, thanks. Like, Hey, what's going on? You know? And instead of hating or shaming, let's just use the controlling part. Cause I used to be such a control freak. Um, like instead of hating that controlling part, just being like, Oh, Hey, what's up? You just want some safety. It's okay. It's all good. Like you're good, you know, and just being like, I'm safe. Thank you. Thank you. And then choosing the other side of that, which could be trust or whatever. Um, and you know, like I do this as best as I can, but often it will come up in, in a journaling practice or in a visualization or a meditation or breath work, even, um, or dance, dance a lot comes through for me when I'm just putting on music and dancing and moving and not worrying about how I look. Um, I will just have like so much more clarity around either what's been holding me back beliefs or parts of me that have been like trying to keep me where I am. Mm, Yeah. I come from a yogic background and when you're speaking to that, it just reminds me of, you know, Purusha is the soul that is deep within it all, like the light that is beneath, beneath, beneath all the layers. And so when we can name the layers, all the different facets of ourselves, all the different, you know, manipulative, controlling, joyous, all the, you know, beautiful, beautiful aspects, when we can name them and recognize them, we can one recognize that that's not who we are at our soul's Mm -hmm. truth. And it's like, they just want that love that that version of us just wants that love and acknowledgement. Yeah. Alongside with all the different pieces, you know? Yeah. And I think that's like, um, it's really important in business too. You know, it's important in your life. It's important in your business. Um, but as a leader, like leading with truth and integrity and love and service and devotion and not leading with, or knowing when, because we all do knowing when we are leading from ego or, Mm abandoned inner child or any of these other things. Um, 
And, you know, it's something I just had this practice last night, actually with my own mentor um, of like, where are you leading from? Right. And it's like, you can say this for your life. You can say this for your business, but like, where are you actually leading from? Cause that's, what's going to be, you know, you think you want the money or you think you want the relationship or whatever. No, you just want the feeling inside of truth and integrity. That's it. Yeah. It's like letting the heart take the, the driver's seat and the mind can be a servant to the heart or to the soul, but yeah. letting the heart take the lead and guide you. And so you, you've spoken a little bit to it, but just that inner child, you know, the inner child is one of the facets of us that is always living within the, the subconscious, within the inner realms. And sometimes she's taking the lead, but oftentimes, you know, she, she needs to be mothered or nourished in a way that we might not have received as a child, or we might have received that as a child. So what does the inner, inner child healing journey look like? Oh yeah. I have done a lot of inner child healing, um, through visualization. Um, it's like a really powerful tool for me just because my brain, <laughs> um, but like reliving and going back and, um, finding out like really who she is. Um, and my, the connection I have to my inner child is it actually has come through so much in plant medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, yeah, in plant medicine, it's really crazy. Like I feel the most connected to her, um, when I'm like microdosing or mush- doing mushrooms. Um, it's, it's like, all I can think about is like, I am just this wild child, this absolute rebellious, don't give a fuck wild child, right? So untamed, so free, but in society, like in like years of, you know, 31, like years and conditioning, like hiding that, right? Like taming yourself, like making yourself more palatable, people pleasing, doing what they want, being the good girl. And because I was always praised for being the mature one, you know, like the one that says it, like that was my identity for so long. And when I tapped in and like met my inner child, I was like, she was always climbing trees, naked, biking around. Like I was always outside. I was always in nature. I was always just dancing or shaking my butt or like leg up on the table, eating a cookie. Like I didn't give a fuck about what being a woman should look like. I was just me. And every time I journey with her and like, just think about her when I see photos of myself, I'm like, yo, teach me, teach me. Like, thank you. And every day is like, how can I embody more of her? Cause like, I fucking love her. I love her so much. And, you know, giving her the love that I didn't get or seeing her in the way that I wasn't seen or wanted to be seen. And, and just being like, you're, you're such a cute, like, you're so cute. You're so beautiful. You're so everything. Um, and just giving her that. And so I think my journey has really been like, you know, pulling up old pics of myself, seeing those, doing meditations. Um, I do these with my clients all the time. Cause like most of them have, you know, I, I mean, I think we all have inner child wounds, but, um, a lot of them come to me with a lot of inner child stuff, um, and revisiting and reparenting and, you know, like going back and reliving that experience, but giving her the love she needed, yeah. it can be so healing. 
you know, and um, that's been my journey. And every time I, every time I hang, hang out with her, I'm inspired by her. <laughs> mm. Oh, I love that. It's like, she awakens these pieces within you to come back to that wild untamed self. And is there kind of clear guidance as to when that wild untamed version of you got shut down or disconnected from, and then it sounds like that the healing journey has been coming back to her. Yeah. Um, honestly, like the memory that comes up is me looking in the mirror, you know, like when you go into like a dance studio or a yoga studio, you have like the big wall mirrors. Mm -hmm. So I have this memory of me. I don't know if I was in like tap class or hip hop or something, um, of me. And then looking in the mirror at everyone else and me and being like, I need to be like them. And it was this, I need to fit in. I need to be like them. I need to be like them. I need to be like them. And feeling like I needed to like kind of abandon who I was or be more like somebody else in order to be good enough. Um, and it really wasn't until my mid twenties, um, where I realized these stories of like, I don't fit in, I'm not good enough that totally catapulted me into my personal development. And then I, I mean, I thought it was personal development, but it was actually my spiritual awakening. At least my first one, I just didn't know, you know, like I didn't even know what that was. I, I, I didn't know, like that was even a thing. I was so just like in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is. So how many spiritual awakenings have you had? Um, I think two, I mean, I don't know, like the first one, <laughs> the first one was in my mid twenties when I like found out that these wounds are like literally just keeping me in this mm -hmm. like hustle mentality, um, and trying to prove and like, not, not really seeing my worth. Um, then my second was when I discovered that I actually had like a full blown eating disorder and that I was, I had so many mental health issues. Like I just didn't, I didn't know. And that was summer of 2020. Um, mm -hmm. And I was building my business, helping other women, like have a better relationship with food and like my eating, like this eating disorder just evolved out of being in like the coaching industry, but in the fat loss space and the weight loss space. Um, and me always trying to get leaner and leaner and leaner and leaner. And I was like, holy fuck, I have been living in this illusion. And I just remember I broke down and I like, I wanted to throw my business out the window. And I just was, I felt so lost and so confused. And so like, I don't know what to do. Like I've built this business, like, like I have all these clients and am I like, am I a bad coach or like, what's going on? Like I was so deeply in it. Um, but it was actually an initiation for me into my healing. Like that was really the beginning of the healing for me because before it was all in my mind healing, you know, I was doing like mindset work, but 2020 was the beginning of the embodiment work, the body, the healing, the like, fuck, I don't care if I gain weight. I just want to be happy. Like, I don't want to live in fear. And then, oh, I have like healing to do with my womb or I have healing to do with my gut and like just focusing on the healing rather than the appearance of how I looked. Yeah. I love that. The initiations, it's like these deep you know, descents where, where something comes up and it's like this deep healing process that we go through and it's an initiation kind of into the next layer 
of our work and what we can offer for our clients. It's like, we go through it so we can guide other people through it as well. You know, mm-hmm. we, we've definitely been on it, um, on the journey. And so those initiations are so powerful, but uncomfortable when we're in them in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it kind of feels like there's definitely a part of me that always goes back to victim of like, why is this happening to me? You know, it's like, Oh my gosh, like, fuck, I just want to get out of this. I just want out. I, I like, I don't want the discomfort, like just give me clarity. And like, now I'm in the place where it's like, okay, this is for me. Like, this is my sole assignment. Um, and finding tolerance within discomfort, which I had a very, 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 very low discomfort and pain tolerance before. Like I, you know, I couldn't sit with emotions. I binge ate, you know, I, I couldn't deal with my feelings. I would go work out for three hours. Like, and now I can feel the things and not like not run away from them, you know, or not distract or numb or, um, and so that's been a huge journey because learning emotional intelligence is something we should totally learn in school. And it's not, um, but man, it is a, it's a journey. And it's one that I take my clients on too, because they're all, you know, they've all had a history of either an eating disorder or body image stuff, or not able to feel their emotions. Like they're so scared to be in their body because it doesn't feel safe. Yeah. So creating that safety has been pretty huge. Yeah. So huge. And, and it's, you know, it's not avoiding, which we've been kind of conditioned to do avoid in so many different ways, numb in so many different ways. And the only, the literally the only way out is to go in, you have to go into the emotions and they're such teachers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, there's, um, it's like, if you're scared of feeling, you don't have to feel everything all at once. It's like, just feel like one little thing, you know? And I think that was something for me. Like I was such an all or nothing person that I was like, if I feel one thing, I'm going to feel the entire depths of the universe, (laughs) you know, like I'm such an empath too. So I already feel a lot anyways. Um, and so I was just scared to feel things because I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to handle it, you know, and pair that with ADHD, like, there's also, um, a lot to do with sensory and emotions. Like there's already another level of heightened emotion. And so I was like, yo, this is exhausting, you know? Um, but you know, having tools and learning how to manage it and not let it affect my business or my relationship or send me into a downward spiral for a month or a week or two months, you know, I think Mm -hmm. that is like, Ooh, that is a superpower as a, as a business owner, as a woman, as someone in a relationship, um, someone on their journey, like just knowing how to be. Yeah. To be with it all. It's so powerful. And you spoke, you know, briefly just with the, the womb healing and then with dance. And so I just want to come back to that for a moment. I remember having a Reiki treatment and the, the healer was like, oh, you have like tar in your sacral chakra in your womb space. And so I was like, I need to start dancing. She was like, maybe dance would be good. So I started dancing and I have done that, like just, just for fun for yeah. years, but it's such a powerful tool to move the energy in the womb space and to shake up that. Cause that's like our creative power. That's our sexual energy, our Shakti, you know? Mm-hmm. And if that's stuck and stagnant in my experience, we're not really feeling that like alive vitality or inspiration coming or creative downloads, you know? And so that can lead into so many different facets of our lives, but 
So for you, for like dance and then also the, the sexual shame and, you know, just maybe feeling bound by that. How is that all played into the word sexual, like liberation is coming to mind, mm-hmm. but just to free you in that mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. That word liberation has been coming up so much. Um, I was talking to Kurt the other day about like, you know, like when you want to like give yourself a title, I was like, what am I like just kind of playing around? And he's like, I see you as like a liberator. And I was like, oh, I love that. Like, yes. Um, but yeah, I think so. It's funny. I, I was, what was I doing? Oh, I was doing some yoga this morning and usually after whatever type of movement I'm doing, I will just get like massive downloads and clarity. And that's like my meditation. And, um, I was like, oh my gosh, like thinking about all the ways that we connect back to our sexuality and that I have, and I'm still on that journey, you know? Um, but two main things stand out. One is this dancing and really connecting back to our fucking hips. Like our hips store so much freaking trauma and literally I feel like dancing healed my body image, dancing healed my eating disorder because I wasn't focused on how I looked. I was literally just letting my body move and it was like releasing, right? It was releasing. It was moving. It was breaking up. It was, it was just like this, oh, like I just felt so free. And then a next level of that was dancing in like a bra and underwear, right? And actually like seeing my like skin moving when I danced, you know, or like cellulite or whatever. And then next level is dancing naked and watching yourself in the mirror and just being like, oh, like, damn, like, and not about what you look like, but about how your body moves. Like there's just this innate. I think like something as women, like we just love, like we love looking at bodies. Like we really do. But when we are in movement, it's so like mesmerizing. Um, and it's such a turn on actually, like, you know, to yourself and to see others, like, you're like, Whoa, like that's pretty hot, you know? And I think that is something that was a huge piece of my healing journey, um, paired with like what I wear. Um, now, I'm not saying like, oh, I like wear lingerie all the time. No, but like I used to hide in my clothes Mm -hmm. and I used to wear a lot of um, things that would keep me protected and safe, you know, Um, and wear things that just like, you know, it, it didn't, it didn't make me feel feminine. Let's just say that. Um. And part of my journey has actually really been like looking at my wardrobe and even from like what I wear, like if I'm wearing makeup or not, or lipstick or earrings, um, how I do my hair, like actually this like next level of self-care of like what it means for me to take care of myself, um, skincare routine, stuff like that. And that has been like my major priority lately. And, you know, I think it's really easy. And I'm, I'm curious to hear your perspective on this too. I think it's really easy to go on social media and see coaches or women looking a certain way, thinking that that is how you need to be, to be feminine. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
remembering that feminine doesn't look away, right? Feminine is a being. Like feminine is the inside. And so I, I'm a dancer, right? Like that is at my core. I love it. I do it all the time. And I'm like, I feel hottest when I'm in like this, like hoops, dangly necklaces, like hip hop clothes, like my hair back, like I'm about to bust out a move. That's when I feel the most connected to my feminine. Mm -hmm. And it's either that or I'm naked. Like it's one or the other. It's not the like white lacy dresses, although I love them. Like, but, but me, like I am this wilder version of the feminine who like, you know, I love lingerie and all that stuff. Like I'm about to go do a boudoir shoot in a few days. And like, I love that. Like, I feel so sexy, but you know, I think, I think really connecting back to like, what makes us feel good? Like aside from all of the, you know, rules and stigmas and what society tells you and programming of what you need to look like, how you need to dress, how you need to show up on social media. And if you're a business owner, how you need to look, because like, you know, there's like, oh, you got to be professional or you got to wear like white lace tank tops. And it's like, the fuck? Like, no, you don't, you know? Um, And like really just owning the style. And like, I'm like, yo, I'm like, I'm like hip hop. Like I'm about to bust out like some Tupac or like some Nelly, right? And which I don't even listen to Nelly or Tupac. So I don't even know why they just came up, but (laughs) you get the point, right? Like, and also go fucking meditate and, you know, channel and then go twerk. Like you get to be it all. And like realizing that there is not, there's not one way, just like there's not one way of running a business. Just not like there's not one diet or one workout plan. It's like, you got to find your way. You got to carve your way by tapping into your intuition, trusting your body to know like when you're led to something, whether it's a sweatshirt or a pair of earrings or piece of lingerie or a dance or someone on IG to trust it, to trust it. Like that's what your soul wants next. Yeah. It, it feels so much like just coming back to when you spoke about being in that dance class, kind of when your wild woman was shut down of like, I don't look like her. I don't look like that person. I should look like, you know, and then we start putting boxes around ourselves. Like we need to be a certain way so Mm -hmm. that we, we get validation or we belong or however it wants to look like. And so I totally resonate with that, with being in our feminine is really shifting from, you know, the mindset, um, transcending this physical body, which can be, you know, some paths. It's definitely been part of my path, um, of doing that. And, and the, what starts to happen is I'm going to go within the body, you know, that movement in the hips, shaking up like the sacral waters, the creativity. And the more that we go in, which dance is such a portal for that. It's like, what makes me feel turned on by life? Is it flowy dresses, a freaking suit. I don't know why that came to mind. I never wear suits, but <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're podcasting and you're like, uh, got to pick the thing. <laughs> but it, it's like, when you go into your body, you listen to your intuition, the nudges. And it's like, this is me. Mm-hmm. This is what turns me on. It makes me feel alive. And like that, you know, magnetic life force that's running through us. And that's when we're really in our feminine and just allowing what wants to come to us to come to us as opposed to, well, I should look this way. And that's like seeking that's chasing, you know, they'll like me if I do this. And and mm-hmm. the feminine's like, fuck that. Like 
I like me, I'm standing in who I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's been, I think like, so I've always said like our business journey is our like awakening journey. Um, and I can very much say that like that first spiritual awakening was the very beginning of my business, um, back in like 20, I don't know, 18, maybe something like that. Um, and it was that it was 100% that, and for all the clients I work with too, like they're, they're so used to being in the masculine and like going out to find the answer and like find the right strategy. And like what I do with my clients and I'm sure like you can relate. Cause like we were in the queendom together is like, no, like you have to find what freaking turns you the F on. Yeah. in life and business and relationship in food and movement. If it is not a full body fuck, yes, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to eat it. I don't want to go to it. I don't want to date it. Like it's gotta be a full body or else it's a no, you know, it's gotta feel expansive or else it's a no. And like, that's just it. Like that's been the rule that I've lived my life by. And it's, it's not always been the rule that I've lived my business by. Um, but over the past, like probably 18 months I've shifted and totally gone in such a feminine way and like really let that lead. And I just like ripped up my whole business. I was like, fuck that shit. Not doing that. Not doing that. Not doing that. Only doing this. Don't want to launch like that. Like, <laughs> and just like saying like, fuck the rules. Like I get to do what feels good. What's fun for me? Because that's what I can, that's what I can actually show up consistently for if it's not fun, I don't want to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's so like when you're turned the frick on in life, everything you're allowing life to flow through you. Like you're allowing everything to come, come to you essentially, which is so powerful. And, And I think, you know, when we go into those dark moments, because we do, you know, where we're maybe not turned the frick on by life, that allowing and acceptance. And like, I'm going to sit in this, this emotion, this pain, using the tools to move through it. And then knowing that that like turn on is on the other side, you know, that expansion is on the other side for sure. How is plant medicine kind of played into your journey of, for me, I don't know why this is dropping in, but it just feels like into that journey of reawakening the feminine. Mm. Mm, yeah. So interesting. You asked that question. Um, my first experience with, and I'm just going to say psychedelics because that's what I have. Like, that's kind of how I got into the space and then realized, Oh, like plant medicine. Cool. Like I didn't realize like, that's what this term was. Right. Um, but my first experience was, um, with Kurt, it was just the two of us. We were outside, laying outside. Um, and we had this great day. It was like very like, whoa, like, holy crap. Did my ego want to hold on and like control everything? And I had to really like let go. But as soon as I let go, it was, it was just so fun. And like the day, the day was fun. When we got to the evening, something happened where I think I like we had ordered food. Like we got like barbecue or something. I don't really even like, like barbecue is fine, but it's not something I like actually want to eat. We had a little something 
Um, and then I think like we were about to go way down on the couch and just like watch something. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I went to the bathroom and, you know, like I looked in the mirror, which apparently you're not supposed to do. I don't know if that's like, whatever I did that. Well, let me tell you that experience in itself will forever be ingrained in my mind because I feel like I saw the past however many 20 something years of pain and um just self-hate and self-destruction and self-sabotage that I put myself through in that mirror and I saw how awful I was to my body I saw how awful I spoke to myself and how never like nothing was ever enough and like I came out of the bathroom and I was bawling my eyes out and Kurt was like, what happened? Like he thought like I hurt myself or something. And I was like, I couldn't talk. I was crying Lisa for an hour. Like I had, you know, when you have those, those cries where you just have like boogers coming out of you that like you, you just, you're, you end up like eating them because you can't like, (laughs) and it's like salty and you're just like, what the fuck is happening? I had this and Kurt like was like, oh my God. Like, and I swear, like that was like, wow. I went to the deep layers of my subconscious and really, I just like lived that pain. And I was like, I never, ever, ever want to treat myself like that again. And, you know, I was really scared to try any type of psychedelic. Like I just was, Um, but he made me feel super safe. It was a great experience. And then since doing, since having more experiences, it hasn't been as like, um, you know, I also haven't like gone on like big journeys, but every time it has connected me more to my body and connected me more to myself and this kind of unapologetic, like version of me that actually doesn't give a flying fuck about what people think of me. And like the completely uncensored, censored version of me. Cause I realized like we still censor ourselves as much as we are who we are. Like no matter how far you are in your journey, we censor ourselves. We do, you know, but, um, it's been a really powerful, like understanding of like, whoa, I am not your average girl, (laughs) you know, like, wow, I am really, like I'm blunt as fuck <laughs> like and I know that can be hard for some people and so I think I always take myself back a little because it's like eh, maybe it's a little too aggressive um or I'm like I'm loud I'm playful like I'm just like woo and I know that can be a lot for people you know so I can take myself back but realizing that ultimately like the more I own that too muchness um the more that I'm going to find the people that like, it's not too much for, you know, like they're also, they're also big in their expression. They're also big in their language or their, you know, how they look or whatever. And uh, just being okay with that. Cause I think that's something I've always been kind of self-conscious about, I guess, is like, I should probably like, cool it down a little bit, you know, like just tame it down a little bit, Sam. And, and really just like, no, I don't want to do that. It takes energy to do that. And if someone can't handle me, they can go somewhere else, you know, 
like I I I think I'm finally like it feels good to say but at the place where I it's not that I don't give a fuck about what anyone thinks because I like that's ego you know like obviously we care we we have hearts but I think I'm just at peace with the fact that some people won't vibe with me and that's okay and some people will and those will be my people and probs my people for life and like just being with them speaking to them and knowing that that's enough you know we're not we're not supposed to be meant for everyone yeah we are definitely not meant for everyone at all and you know, I think society conditions us to cling onto people and relationships and, you know, just keep everything forever and relationships are going to fall away. Masks are going to fall away. And it just allows us to be more authentic or, or who we've always been. She just might've got lost along the way or clouded, drowned out, you know? Yeah, totally. 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 Yeah. And it feels good. It feels just good. Feel to like, be on that journey and, and be like, I know who I am, you know, and, and I, I know that there's more to learn about who I am, but like, I know that that's such a question that I, I think we all ask, especially as like, you know, whether you're an empath or a healer or a coach, or you're on your personal development journey or your spiritual journey, or just a journey in general of growth, it always comes back to that. Like, who am I? You know, we love to know who am I? And it's like, <laughs> the answer is like, you're everything, you know, but like, okay, that's, let's contextualize that. Like, who are we? And being able to put, not to label us, but I think to just be clear on like who we are and who we're not. Like, I'm, I'm no bullshit, you know, like, I don't like beating around the bush. Like, I like to keep it real. It's efficient. <laughs> it's effective. Like, and, you know, I love to like it's just like learning about what you what you love what you don't love who you are who you're not and I think I really had to go to the depths of like who I wasn't to find out who I was you know and try to be everyone else and try to be the beautiful ballerina and try to be the the calm like you know and thinking like that was going to be the feminine and thinking like oh that's going to be the thing that gets me to the next thing and and realizing like no, it's been you all along. It's been you all along. It's just about you seeing it. You really seeing yourself. Yeah. And it, when you were speaking to that, it brought me back to Kurt and him just being a mirror for mm-hmm. you. Cause you know, our, our closest relationships are such mirrors of, you know, what's keeping us separate from our truth, you know, the shadow realms, the masks, all that kind of stuff, but they can mirror back to us. Like who we are like that, that truth beyond truth. Right. And, and we can't even put, it's like, yeah, there's so much, it's like unfathomable to our human mind of like who we actually are. It's like, Whoa, you know, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But people relationship shows us, it can be such a mirror and such a teacher. And that's so beautiful to be in that dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. So how does ADHD and if you want to just touch on like, um, like ADHD being sensitive and empath, if you could, you know, for anybody listening that doesn't know what an empath is, just, you know, defining mm-hmm. that a little bit. And then how working with ADHD has, you know, maybe brought that liberation to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'll, like an empath, basically 
the way that I like to think about it and describe it is like, you're just really fucking sensitive to energy. Um, and that could mean like, there's a few common ways that people will describe themselves. So they could be like, oh, I'm really highly sensitive or I'm too emotional or, um, what else? Like I get overwhelmed easily. Um, or you just like feel a lot and it sometimes can be really hard to, like we talked about earlier, like be in your body, you know, cause you're like, I just feel so much and I'm up and down and up and down and all over the place. And, um, yeah, like I think with, with being an empath, um, you know, there's all different types of empaths. You can be like a plant empath. You can be an animal empath. You can be like, there's so many types, but the thing to know is that you can feel and like just read energy. You can walk in the room and just kind of have this intuitive sense of like something's not right. Right. Or when you meet with someone and you feel like they're holding something back, you kind of get this, like this, you intuit this, like, mm, something's off, right. Everything's energy. So you have this really hypersensitivity to energy. And I am a very big empath, like to the degree where I have felt the collective's pain Um, I have felt like the moon, like I will feel Kurt's anxiety, like it's crazy. Um, and not realizing it's not mine, you know? So sometimes I'll, I'll be like, why am I anxious? I'm not anxious. And then I'm like, is this someone else's, you know? Um, and so that can be kind of confusing if you, if you aren't really sure of like how to manage it. Um, and so a lot of people with ADD or ADHD are empaths. Um, there's a pretty big correlation between the two. And for anyone listening who isn't even sure about about ADHD or ADD, it's, um, you know, it's a deficit in attention. And when it's ADHD, it's, there's also hyperactivity involved. So for me, um, ADHD shows up in, um, in everywhere, right? But the key trait with the hyperactive piece is you love to do a lot of things and you're always doing, 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 like you're always doing something. You're always thinking like your mind is going a million miles an hour, which is why meditation is so important for anyone that has ADD or ADHD. Um, the other, um, side of, of ADD is the inattentive. So lack of follow-through, lack of consistency, um, lack of focus all over the place, kind of feeling like you start something and then you jump to the next thing and the next thing. Um, and I have a combination of both, which is hard. Like, to be honest, it feels like your brain's working against you. And it's because like, we don't have, um, as much working for us in our prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for organizing and completion of tasks, following through, um, staying consistent. So, I didn't know I had ADHD until this, well, 2021, when I got an official diagnosis, um, I suspected it, but I never looked into it, you know? Um, but the thing that is the most, like, I guess valuable for both empaths and ADHD years, ADD years is structure. We need structure. Because if not, we will be all in the feels, all in the everywhere, like floating around, like empaths will just be feeling everything and never accomplish anything, right? And ADHDers mm-hmm. will be like, I have a million ideas and la, la, la. I'm going to do all the things, but doesn't follow through on a single fucking thing, right? So 
I personally, as both of those things, need a lot of accountability, right? And a lot of structure. But I like a lot of freedom in space, right? So it's like, oh God, how do I manage? So it's like creating flexible structure for myself. And, um, you know, I find that like all of my clients are also either ADHD or empaths or a combo. And I think the the biggest thing that they struggle with when they come to me is just feeling like their life is a mess. They're all over the place. They can't focus. They can't get back to a text message. Um, Everything just feels hard and they're juggling so many things. And Mm -hmm. it's my belief that ADHD is actually a result of trauma. Now, I don't know if that's true. I just feel that in my body to be true. Yeah. And just like anxiety is just unresolved trauma, right? Um, but the 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 way that we get to empower ourselves as empaths, ADHDers, anyone that has a sensitivity um, is knowing that that label does not define us, right? Because before I had ADHD, I didn't know I had ADHD. And I built a multi-six-figure business, right? Like I didn't know, right? So I couldn't like use that as like a reason to not follow through. Yeah. Um, and and secondly, is to know that like these things, being highly sensitive, being an empath, having ADHD, is a superpower. It truly is a superpower. There is so many beautiful parts of all of it, and learning how to lean into those strengths and to get support with the things you're not good at, you know? So, um, you know, that could look like asking for help, (laughs) like getting support, delegating, having a team member, um, if you're a business owner. Um, but I, I think really it's a reclamation of the healthy masculine, right. And like the structure and the boundaries Mm -hmm. and the systems and the healthy feminine in her, flow and her feelings and her ease and her, all those things. And I truly believe that the healthy expression of both of those energies will do way more than any, anything else, because it's all like the inner internal work, you know? Um, so I hope that answered your question. Definitely. It definitely answered my question. I think the, the big, piece for me is like, it's not something to hold you bound being, you know, or having ADHD or being an empath. It's, it's turning it around so it can be your, your superpower. And it also, you know, I think to when, um, I was still drinking in my life and it was because like energy was too intense. I was also masking, also masking loads of emotions that I didn't need to pro or know how to process at that time. But it was also like, everything was so intense. I didn't know how to handle it. And so I would drink a lot of alcohol Mm -hmm. to, to drown it out. And and so the, the healing journey, this, whatever the spiritual journey is using those pieces that we, we learn about ourselves as like coals in our foundation. I don't know why that's the word, but using it as like, it's part of our foundation to empower us and to um, support us in our, in our rising, you know, in, in coming into that space of like who we are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I think I've always been so fascinated with this concept of like energy. Um, and I'm also like, 
like, you know, one of my, one of my specialties and expertises and what I've studied for now six, seven years is, um, is the body and weight and emotions and nutrition. And like, when I was in that phase too, I was just going to food, right. Because it was accessible. It was easy. It was also dopamine for my ADHD. Um, but what I'm realizing is that my belief is like about 90 to 95% of women's struggles with their body, um, and food in specific is just an inability to manage emotions. It's actually, it's not a food problem, right? It's not a eating disorder, right? It's like, we can give the disordered eating a label and like make it something, right? But, but it's, it's like when I was in my binge eating, binge eating is the biggest form of untapped potential power. Hmm. Like there was so much emotion and energy and unsaid an unspoken word, right? Because I couldn't manage it. Like I could, I literally didn't know how to, so I would just eat it to shove it down. And I think like for anyone listening that's ever struggled with their weight or their body, I would encourage you to see like, if you're sensitive to energy and you're highly sensitive and um, you know, maybe you're not in a place where you love yourself, that's okay, that's fine. But notice, is food your primary comfort? Because for me, it was. You know, for me, it was emotional eating. That was all I was doing. Like, it wasn't even like I was um, like, yeah, at the end, like in my eating disorder, I was overeating and it was, it was not good. But prior to that, I was just eating my emotions, you know, like, and that was it. I just, I didn't know how to manage it. And I realized like my mom is a fucking crazy empath. Like, holy crap. She will cry when she sees me (laughs) like she just she's always crying right and um I I used to like laugh at her and be like oh my god you're so sensitive until I tapped into the feminine side and I let the waters run and I was like oh wow I'm mad sensitive and now I kind of love it you know because dude it's so fun like obviously it's not always fun but you know like being able to read someone and being able to feel their energy and kind of know what's going on. It gives you such a, a superpower. It's just about knowing how to comfort yourself after without food or without alcohol. Right. And, and not shaming yourself if you use either of those, but knowing that like use dance, you know, like use dance, use the breath, use meditation, whatever you got to do, call a friend, um, find another way so that you can feel good in your body and feel the emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And what came up for me when you were speaking so beautifully about that is just in also learning to clear other people's energy is so important when you're an empath and you know, when we're taking on, you've spoken to it where it's like, is that actually mine or is that somebody else's? And so getting the tools to clear what is not yours. Um, and, and kind of being that container, you know, where our energy is coming from the heavens above and the earth below and just clearing the spouts that feel exhausting when we're taking on other people's shit. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as like a coach or, 
um, you know, coaches, healers, practitioners, like whoever you are (laughs) aspiring, um, knowing that like, if you feel exhausted at the end of the day, like it might be because you jam-packed your day. It also might just be energetically, you know, and like, you're just holding on to other stuff. And I'm still learning practices for myself. Um, I do core cutting and like, I'll just visualize like everything falling away. And that always seems to be good for me. Like it's simple. It doesn't need to be this long practice, but just like, you know, at the end of the day, making a ritual out of it, like even a few minutes, like it doesn't need to be long at all. Um, but I know that's been something that I've actually been wanting to be more diligent about because I haven't been, I just forget honestly. And then I'm like, wow, I'm exhausted. (laughs) And I'm like, I didn't really do that much today. And then I was like, oh, I had that really intense client call or whatever came up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be something super complicated or anything like that. The intention behind it is like, I'm clearing everybody else's shit and that can, that can be enough, you know? So how has this all, or sorry, love, was it, were you going to add anything to that? Oh, no, no. I was going to say like, yeah, I totally agree. It can be so simple. Yeah. So how have you built a six figure business? Yeah. I mean, that's an open-ended question. That's a big one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Take that where you want to go. Um, (laughs) so I'll say this because I think it needs to be said. I did not start my business to make money. Mm. I didn't. Um, I started my business because I wanted to help people and I wanted freedom, but I didn't want, um, I didn't even know the type of freedom available to me. You know, um, I wasn't trying to make six figures, which is actually like, I'm really proud of myself for not letting that be a goal, but yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't follow like any business coaches. I didn't even know business coaching was a thing. Like I didn't know online business coaching was a thing. Um, and yeah, I just followed my heart. Like, and that kind of sounds cheesy, but really like I had a really amazing mentor. I didn't consider him a business coach. I just considered him a mentor. And he told me like three main things, which I think transformed my life, my business. Um, one is don't let your emotions dictate your actions in business, which as a very feminine person and feeler, I needed that. Cause like, I used to let that happen. You know, I'd be like, Oh, I'm so like eh, today, like, I'm just not going to share. Um, and number two is just show up consistently, like show up consistently because your business is not about you. It is about your clients. Um, and that just really took the ego out of it for me and like actually showed up in like heart centered leadership, which I didn't even realize I was being a leader at the time, but that's what I was doing ultimately. Um, and number three is (laughs) your business is not about you. And like, I think it's actually taken me until pretty recently to realize that, you know, I've gone through phases, but it's actually not, you know, especially when you're building a personal brand and, um, you're a coach or a healer or whatever you are, it's like your business, at least I'm a manifesting generator. And so like, I respond, like my strategy is to respond. And so it's actually not about me just like coming up with topics to talk about. 
it's me responding to what's happening, whether it's my clients conversations or what's happening in DMS or whatever, and realizing, whoa, if I just slow down and listen, that is really powerful. Um, and I'll, I'm going to add a fourth because I actually forgot about this one. Number four is I, from the start, because I started in personal training and nutrition and like weight loss from the start, I, because I was the embodiment of my work, right. I was going to the gym consistently. Like I was eating healthy consistently, you know, and that's just part of my identity. Now I just do that. Like I always am moving my body and I eat healthy. Like that's who I am. It's not something I have to think about anymore. And I have always done that since the start of my business. And I think that's one of the biggest things that holds people back is they're not showing up for their self consistently. So there's a fear that they can't show up for their business consistently. So in order to have confidence, which I had massive amounts of confidence when I started my business, because I was confident in my body, Mm. I was just showing up for myself. I would be working out or lifting or, you know, doing whatever, doing all the things. Um, dude, I had a roster of clients and made $125,000 in my first year of business with no business coach, with no business strategy, literally with pure heart and just dedication to my people. Um, and this like resourcefulness and determination that I wasn't going to fail. I was like, uh, uh, it's not an option. And so I think that really like it kind of blows my mind to think like I didn't have any doubt like I didn't have fear I I was a baby I was a baby entrepreneur you know I hadn't failed yet so like I wasn't scared and that was in 2018 or 2019 yeah I think 2019 um and then and then I was like what what just happened you know like I wasn't even aware I didn't even care about the money like at the time and then I kind of realized like, oh, cool. I did it. You know, like I was like, I was proud of myself, you know? And then like, I'm sure you can relate. Like you go on your entrepreneurial journey and like things change and you meet mentors and then you're like, oh fuck. Right. And it kind of can pull you away from your way of doing things. Um, and I was just having this conversation earlier with someone, but I finally feel like I'm back in my truth and in my integrity in business and not, not doing things the way that those successful people are doing it, but doing it my way and trusting that my way is my way and leading myself, you know? So it's like, we have to, we have to be our own best client. You know, we have to lead ourselves first before anyone will consider us a leader. We have to show up for ourselves first before anyone will show up to a call, (laughs) you know, like we have to show up for ourselves consistently before our audience will want to buy. We we have to, et cetera, et cetera. You know? And I I think there's this level of like, oh my God, I just started my business. Like, where's my clients? And it's like, yo, yo, humble yourself, humble Mm -hmm. yourself to this process because you know how long it takes to build an audience you know how long it takes to build trust online where there's so much BS? It takes time. So 
patience, baby, and find a way to enjoy the process. And yeah, that's, that's how I did it, I guess. (laughs) Beautiful. I love that. And it's like, it's a, it's a journey in itself being an entrepreneur. Like you are going to go through some highs and you are going to meet yourself in places you never thought, you know, were possible. And I, and I love just coming back to like, it's not about you. And, And I remember one mentor saying like, your business has a soul, like it, it wants to be birthed out into the world. It's not your soul. It has its own soul. You need to listen to it and how Mm -hmm. it wants to evolve and form. And it's coming back to listening to the heart. And then you listen to the heart of your business and, and you become in this beautiful sacred union together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's, you got to trust yourself first and listen to yourself and and let yourself be your, your inner guide for sure. Yeah. Beautiful. So how like money, Mm-hmm. energetics around money. What does that look like? And any like money manifesting tips that you've got seriously? Ooh, ooh. Um, <laughs> so before I ever got into money work, I already had the belief that I would always have enough, um, like subconsciously. And I'm very fortunate for that because it allowed me to take a lot of risks in business, like hiring my first business mentor for 20 K when I had literally $0 in my bank account. And I was like, well, I'm assigning it and I'll find a way to make the money. Right. And, um, I've always had that belief, but (laughs) it's funny because as soon as I got into the coaching world, I actually like, as soon as I started thinking about money, it started kind of fucking me up. Cause I was like, Oh shit. Like, ah, right. Because in a way <laughs> before I ever thought about money, it was always fine. Like I was always fine. You know, I was never in like overflow, but I was always fine. And so my journey recently has been getting myself from just enough right, or moments of not enough, just enough to overflow. And for me, you know, and so money, money's energy, right? It's just a, it's just currency. It's like what we use in this planet to exchange things. And if we think about the, just the laws of the universe, you get what you put out into the world, right? So by default, like it makes sense that I made 125K in my first year of business because I was putting it out. <laughs> I was putting out, you know, I was probably hustling and working way too much. Like I definitely was, but I was putting it out there, you know, mm. and money responds to that. Right. So like, if you right now are in a place of avoidance in your business, um, then likely you're blocking some money. You know, if you are in a place of showing up and like doing the thing that, you know, is kind of hard or blah, 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 like it's, it's going to open up space for money. Um, Another thing is like money, because money is energy, energy is always moving. Money needs to be moving. So if you hold on to money, like super, keep it super tight, you know, like attach onto it. And like, you're, you're pretty anxious about letting it go. It will. it will kind of restrict the flow of money coming back to you. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've noticed that when I am the most at ease with money, and this is a journey for me, let me be clear, (laughs) but 
when I'm the most at ease, I am freely buying my clients flowers, you know, booking myself massages, booking myself things, knowing it's all good. It's going to come back. Now, there was a point in my journey with ADHD where I was spending impulsively out of dopamine, mm-hmm. right? And so I had to realize like, okay, I got to make grounded money decisions <laughs> so I don't get myself into the claustrophobic. Um, but knowing that what feels expansive to purchase will bring you back tenfold, right? Anytime I've invested in a mentor, it always comes back tenfold, like to, to the dot. It's like kind of insane. And, you know, it's like, oh, you invest 20K. Oh, you get back 200. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like, cool. And so I would say like, rewrite your money story, right? Your, the energetics and the beliefs you have around money mostly come from your parents. And if you grew up with parents who didn't have the best, you know, money mindset, which most of our parents didn't, I would argue, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, they, they weren't doing this type of inner work. This wasn't as mainstream. Um, then do an assessment of your money beliefs. See what you think. Do you think you don't have enough? Do you think you always have enough? Um, you know, or do you think that money like forgot about you? Do you think like it's scary to, to have money? Like, do you think you're irresponsible? Do you think it's you're greedy? Do you think you're selfish? Like, what are you associating money with? Right. And, and then create a new belief system. Um, so I'll share a mantra that I just read that changed my life. Um, because, because I'm an empath, um, I've always had a hard time, like, directly inviting people into my containers or, um, I don't know, just like, it's, it's always like sales has always been like such a weird thing for me because I never had to sell. Like people would just apply and join. Um, and since shifting kind of my business structure, it's been like, Oh, okay. This is an opportunity for me to like learn here. And one of the mantras that I've been saying is, um, when I charge my clients, that is how I love them. And Mm. I was like, wow, what a powerful shift because I used to think that I was like taking money from them, but like in actuality, what I'm doing is I'm initiating them into their vision for themselves. That's how I can love them the most, right? That's how I can get them out of scarcity. And that really changed the game for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is an invitation to the rest of your fucking life. Like, of course I want it. It's not, it's not about me receiving the money. It's about them holding themselves accountable to their vision. So that, that for me is the money piece. And, um, you know, there's so much to talk about here for reals, but like, I've just decided that I always have more than enough. I'm always in overflow. My bank always has more than I need. Always, always, always. And, um, you know, money responds to that. Money responds to us. It is always responding to us and you're in control of it. Your beliefs are in control of it. So get clear on those, clear those up and make them support the life you want, which for me is, I always want to be an overflow. I never want to be stressed about money. I never want to know how I'm going to pay the bills or whatever. And 
I love getting unexpected money. That's another one for me. I get unexpected money all the time. I get checks in the mail. I do. And I'm like, Mm. I didn't believe that a few years ago, but now I'm like, I see it happening, dude. It's fucking crazy. Like it's showing up and I'm like, oh my God, it's happening. Oh my God, it's happening. And then I like celebrate every time. And for you guys listening, like one thing that you can do to, that's really easy to really improve your relationship with money is um, checking your bank account every day or your Stripe account or whatever. Check your money every day and create intimacy with your money because you're in relationship with money, right? And if money doesn't feel like you love her or him or whatever, um, it will be like, oh, all right, I'll go somewhere else, right? It, it wants that intimacy. So treat money like your lover and and really express gratitude every dollar. I don't care if it's $10 that you made on your ebook, right? I don't care if it's a refund for 22. Like, I don't care if it's a penny on the ground, pick that shit up, right? Like if you're not gonna be grateful for the penny, you're not gonna be grateful for the quarter or the $10, you're gonna blow it. And it's just like, it's just like your body. You know, if you're not grateful for the body you have now, 10 years from now, you're gonna be 20 pounds heavier and you're not gonna be grateful for that body either. (laughs) It's like gratitude, baby. It fucking changes everything. So true. It's so true. And I remember, I think it was Peter Kelly in the book, earth is hiring. She said about like, um, seriously universe, how can it get any better than this? Like using that as a mantra, because it's like, like, I'm so grateful for everything that I have. Like, seriously, how can it get any better than this? And the universe will wow you and be like, you'll be like, holy shit, where did that come from? You know, it's, it's opening up to be into wonder and awe even around money. And and that's why I love like bringing up, you know, your, your childhood with money, because for me, it was like, money's the root of all evil. Money was a source of stress and fighting my parents divorced. Like it, it, there was so much stuff, but that wasn't money. That was the people controlling the money or, or, you know, and so it's like, what actually is money and starting to cultivate that relationship is so freaking powerful. Yeah. Oh, I love that mantra so much. I kind of forgot about that mantra. I think I'm going to bring it back into my life because that feels very expansive and mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> and I love those vibes. Expansive and mysterious. That's the, that's the magic. And, and just like touching on, you know, like about allowing our clients to, to pay us, it feels freaking good to invest in yourself and to say a hell yes to yourself. Every time I invest in myself, I feel so good. And so we're, we're giving the space for others to do the same too, which is beautiful, you know, to say yeah. yes and to, to, expand into a different version of the self. Okay. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So just a couple questions to close love. What has been your biggest lesson on the path? Your biggest lesson. Oof. Oh, my biggest lesson, you know, right now, what's most true for me is trust myself (laughs) really because nobody knows better than I know for me yeah and it sounds like following that trust has has led you to to the magic you know Mm -hmm. just trusting yourself and showing up as you are okay how do you experience the mysteries Mm. so I experience them as 
um, like divine orchestrations where there's these moments that you could have never fucking planned that happen. Um, I'll, I'll give like a really short story, but yesterday I woke up, I was going to meet someone that, um, we connected on Instagram and I didn't feel like driving. It was like snowy and icy and just really gross out. And I was like, I'm just going to stay home. And before I committed to that decision, I just closed my eyes and was like, all right, you have options. You can choose whatever, but what feels most expansive and going to the little, it was like a holistic health and wellness center coffee shop thing. And I was like, going to the center actually does feel great. Like the drive is going to probably not be the best, but whatever getting there will be worth it. So I decided to go and long story short, I sit down, I find a seat and 10 minutes into me sitting on that couch, I heard the girl next to me mention my mentor, my new mentor's name. And I was like, what? And I had to just ask her. I like was like, oh my God, I'm totally eavesdropping, but whatever. So I like poked her on the arm and I was like, hey. And I asked her like, hey, did you just say her name? And she was like, yeah. Do you know her? And I was like, yeah, she's my mentor. And she's like, she's my mentor. And then she's like, oh my God. And we realized we're in the same freaking program. Oh, wow. How could that happen? How could we have ever coordinated, orchestrated any of that? No. Mm. And that to me, like that made my whole day when I just trust my intuition and like those situations happen where there's these divine like kismet experiences of like coincidence, but it's not because it's definitely like definitely all orchestrated. And I'm like, whoa. And then there's, there's that part of me that's like, why was I supposed to meet her? Like, Ooh, what is this? You know? And that's the mystery to me of like, Oh, why am I here? Like that for me is like, Ooh, goosebumps. That gives me goosebumps. It's like when the goddess weaves a web and you're just like, I could have not have dreamt this up. You know, it's just everything aligns and you're like, Holy shit. how do I arrive here? That's Yeah. yeah. That's those moments are the best. And so last question, love is how do you root into the self? Hmm. So definitely nature. I got to get myself in the natures. Um, but at a certain point I have used a tool because my brain does really tend to forget like what I do and who I am. And I don't know if it's an ADHD thing. I, I kind of do believe it is, um, where I can just get so lost and sidetracked of like, who am I? And like, who is Sam, you know? And I have a document on my computer that like says <laughs> what I do and who I am and like my core values. And I will look at that actually pretty often because I do forget. And this is something I've only very recently implemented because I realized I kept forgetting my mission and like who, like my bio, I'm like, am I, I would just forget, you know, cause you're just in, you're living your life presently. Um, so having that visual reminder and getting my feet out onto the earth, like mm. through nature for sure. Mm, beautiful. I love that. 
Thank you so much for this conversation. Loved it so much. And it'll be in the show notes where you can connect with Sam and witness all of her beautiful work that she's putting out into the world. And yeah, so beautiful to walk this path with you love. And so, yeah, sending you so much love. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. And I really do hope that um, for everyone listening, it was valuable and please know that you can reach out. Like my DMS are open and, um, yeah, I, this conversation has been really healing and valuable for me and I'm excited to see what happens for both of us in this year. I feel like there's going to be a lot of ah, just like pleasure. That's what I'm calling in. Ooh, yeah. Pleasure. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me for an episode of the Phoenix Rising podcast. Please like, share, download, subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. And I will see you next week for another episode on the Phoenix Rising podcast. Sending so much love.